You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Scripture Union Canada has released the findings of a National Children's Ministry Survey that reveals some trends in how churches do this important work, what we're doing well, and what we could do better. I'm Karen Stiller, and I spoke with Lawson Murray, president of Scripture Union, to discuss the findings. Enjoy this interview. Lawson, why did you do this survey of Canadian churches? Well, a few things. Number one, we our Scripture Union movement in New Zealand uh, had done a, a survey of, of children's ministry with churches there. And when I saw that, I, I was struck by the fact, one, that that New Zealand is a very similar culture to us. And and the work, Scripture Union's work in New Zealand is, is somewhat similar to ours. So I thought it'd be great to do some kind of a parallel study that within Scripture Union we could use for, for comparison's sake and, and learning across cultures. So that was one piece for me. Uh, the second piece was that uh, we are very, very committed here in Canada to reaching this generation of children and youth with the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are deeply concerned about the fact that this generation of children in Canada are more disconnected from Jesus Christ, his word, and his church than any previous generation in the history of our nation. And so With that in mind, we thought, well, we need to be working more to help equip the church, come alongside the church, journey with the church in a way in which the profile of children's ministry is raised. And together, we we look for opportunities to to do the work that God's called us to, to share the good news of Jesus with this generation of young people in our country. And so the research piece is is one of several formative pieces that we've been thinking about and working on uh, as as we work into that space, if you like. And then thirdly, we very much feel as Scripture Union that the Lord has called us to journey with the local church, especially in a way in which we can equip and encourage the local church as a partnering agency, if you like. And so we just felt that this would be a wonderful way for us to give back to the local church and to be that encouragement who's cheering on the local church in the work that they're doing. And so did you find out things that are encouraging? Yes, we found out a number of things that were encouraging. In fact, things that were quite surprising to us. For example, I was very surprised to see that 80% certainly from the sample of 135 churches that we worked with, that 80% of the children in those churches attend the weekly service for at least 10 to 30 minutes, you know, the regular adult main service of the church. And so I thought that was great because it had, you know, it had seemed to us that in large part, the model that is, is used in churches tends to be a model of specialization where children are off doing their own thing and adults are doing their thing and then seniors are doing theirs and so on. So to know that there was that intergenerational connection as high as that, I know it's there, but that it was 80% was really encouraging. And there was many other bits, you know, I'm just picking up on one example there, but there was lots of encouraging things in the survey. 
And so when we, uh, that uh, struck me as I read through the report, this idea of children remaining in the worship service for some length of time. Why is that so important, do you think? I think for a whole number of reasons. And obviously, as a researcher, when you ask questions, there are agendas behind that, uh, because one has a, a theology and a view of ministry. And so that informs the kind of questions we ask. But for me personally, you know, as, as we've been working with that and asking those questions, there were some key pieces. We fundamentally believe in Scripture Union that ministry should be done in the context of family. We know that's a biblical analogy used to describe the church. We recognize from that that intergenerational ministry is essential to what we do as God's people because it's only within an intergenerational context that great modeling can take place, that we can encourage one another across the generations, that we can pass the baton, if you like, the spiritual baton from one generation to the next. And more than that, because in the Scripture Union, we're very much convinced that when a child comes to faith, they have received all of the Spirit of God, not partial <laughs> reception of the Spirit, if you like. And while they may not have the experience of older people within the church, they yet should be fully functional and a part of the church. So that's why it was a great encouragement to me, because it's showing that while the church may or may not be able to verbalize some of the things I've just said, there is a, an understanding that we are better together across the generations. I've also um, heard and read that as children sort of age out of their, say, Sunday morning programming, that if they haven't spent time in the main worship service, it can come as a bit of a shock <laughs> to them. So it's a good way to get them accustomed to worshiping in that way as well. Is that true, do you think? I absolutely agree with you, Karen. And and I would add, because the you know the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada has been at the heart of this, I think the bigger issue as well in terms of that modeling and ownership, if you like, into the broader context of the church and knowing that one is a part of that as a child is a very important part for our understanding of the hemorrhaging faith that we have seen and the whole hemorrhaging faith study. And I feel it links into that. And so, again, that was another reason why we had questions around that, because we're trying to also address and, and better understand what are the factors that in, inform why some children, when they grow older, and particularly their late teens and early 20s, move on from the church? And I think part of it may be because there haven't been those intergenerational links and that formation that takes place when those connections are there. Let's pull back and uh, just the the study in a broad sense. Tell us what uh, other sorts of questions you were asking and about some of the other findings, Lawson. So in the broad sense, we wanted to focus in specifically on children's ministry in the church. We recognize that children's ministry is not confined to the church, but for this study it was. You know, I think that's important for understanding the summary. It's specifically what is happening with the local church in the context of children's ministry. And then we, we wanted to look at, at three main areas, if you like, of children's ministry within the church. 
And so we wanted to look at simply the relationship of children and the church and the church and children. We wanted to look at the whole idea, secondly, of, of intergenerational activity and ministry within the church. So we wanted to look at children and all ages together. And then we wanted to look uniquely at at what the children what the church is doing in terms of disciple making with children. And so our third category of questions touched into that area in terms of children and disciple making. So those were the three main pieces that we identified certainly for this survey in two years time when we do it again, because we're planning to do this survey regularly every two years. And you uh, have stats at your fingertips now from these churches. And I know one of them talks about the majority of children don't pray daily, for example, even though they're being discipled maybe actively in that area. And I was wondering um, a couple of things. I guess the first is, uh, was that surprising to you? And also, does that result mirror what we would see in the general Canadian adult Christian population? Like, do you know that? Do do we adult Christians pray daily to a higher level? That's a great question, because one of my concerns, and as you know, I, I, I'm working very closely with local churches and many denominations from week to week. And one of my concerns in terms of adult ministry and the state of our church as a whole, and I say this more from observation than from research, is that we are weak in, 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 as, in terms of being prayers generally here in the church in Canada. And I say that also as I reflect against the fact that I work internationally and work with, you know, earlier this year I was working with uh, in a number of countries in Africa, and I was profoundly impacted by the spirit of prayer and should we call it the volume of prayer that takes place in other nations and with other Christian groups. And so, yes, when it comes to children's ministry, there was a direct correlation for me between what is being modeled by adults in the church when it comes to prayer and what's happening with our children. And so that was a a matter of deep concern for me that both children specifically as as we clearly see now in the research are not really praying but it's mirroring a, a larger reality within the church today yeah you use uh, or in the the report uses the term spiritually unhealthy to describe most churched children mm-hmm. at one point and obviously lack of prayer lack of bible reading may play into that help me understand the term spiritually unhealthy and then i guess what a robust spiritual health would look like for canadian children ideally right that term could probably be defined in many ways and as you know a good chunk of our work in scripture union is in the field of bible engagement so i'm going to sort of take that avenue to answer the question there was a study that was uh, some years ago by the willow creek association well they funded the study which was called the reveal study and it looked at spiritual formation factors in the church that accounted for the spiritual health and growth of the church and they they studied in the USA a thousand churches in that study 
but they discovered of the 50 spiritual formation factors that lead to the health and growth of, of the local church, that the most important factor by 70% of all other factors was Bible reading coupled with reflection. And so we've been very much aware that what informs health and growth is in part, in large part, our engagement with God's word. So for us, spiritual formation, that needs to be an important part of how we assess spiritual formation and where we are in terms of our overall health and growth spiritually. So that's why Bible reading and reflection was commented on and in part researched in this study. But we also know that along with that, prayer is such a vital part because our engagement with God's Word informs our prayer life very significantly. And when we have lower engagement with God's Word, and we've assessed this from other studies, and as you know, we worked with the, with the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada to do uh, the Canadian Bible Engagement Study. Um, but we know there's a direct correlation between our engagement with God's Word and our prayer lives. And so for us, when we saw that both of those came up very low and that those are two components that are at the heart of our spiritual well-being, we then simply took that general term in terms of, of where we're at spiritually linked mainly to that. So it's not a, a statement on all of the factors that inform our spiritual well-being, but uh, based on the research we did, those were pieces that we had questioned. And so it's referring to that. Yeah. And now this study is looking at church engagement with children, but as a parent, when I read it, I'm, I think there's lots for parents to take from this report. And I wondered if you could address that. What do you hope parents will take away? Oh, I love that you've asked that. One of the things that the Lord put on our hearts a few years ago in Scripture Union was that children's ministry has to be family ministry. And family ministry has to be a vital component of children's ministry. So we had a few leading questions in the research which were important for us because we're working in that direction and we believe the Spirit of God is wanting us as the church at large in Canada to get a better handle on this. Particularly, we very focused on the importance of the church playing a primary equipping role with parents. And so we had a question directly related to that. And it came up that 44% of the churches in the study said that they're doing something to equip parents. Uh, but for us, that's still not, if you like, good enough. Because as we look at the scriptures, it's very clear that the primary responsibility for disciple making rests with parents as they work with their children, not with the local church. The local church, it seems to us, very clearly through the scriptures, should be playing a supportive role. And so in part, when we conducted this study, we were trying to glean from a research point of view what that relationship between the church and parents is and, and what that might mean as we continue to, certainly for us as an organization, look into the whole area of resourcing and equipping families and particularly encouraging parents. 
So in future research, we're going to have more questions leading down that line. But we did recognize that that's a very important link, that the church as a whole needs to be thinking uh, better into that space. We recognize that, that on the negative side, and it came through in the research, churches are not recognizing maybe as fully as they could do that a primary task of the church is to equip the parents rather than, if you like, usurping the parents' role and the church taking on the disciple-making of the children. So while the church has a role to play there, they shouldn't usurp the role of the parents. So, yeah, the research really led us uh, to see more clearly that all of us together need to be working to encourage the parents of our children and giving them resources and confidence that they can play a vital role in disciple-making with their children. The report also states uh, or alludes to the importance of a written strategy Mm -hmm. uh, for children's ministry. Can you tell us, I guess, first of all, what you mean by a written strategy and then why that is so important? It came as a surprise to us that our churches at large, as we know, have tended to do a very good job generally over the last few decades of clearly articulating their mission, their vision, their purpose statements, their core values for the church as a whole. But what was glaringly obvious was that while that has been done for for the whole church community of all age groups, very little has been done in a written sense stating what the church aims to do and how it aims to do it when it comes to children's ministry. And that was troubling for us as we saw that in the research because it indicated that while there may be great intent and that and there certainly is within the church because that comes through in, in the research to do children's ministry and to bring up our children in the way of the Lord, It's clear that we haven't gone that extra few steps, if you like, to clearly articulate for ourselves as local churches and for those within the local church that do children's ministry exactly how we're going to go about that. And so we simply categorize that as a lack of a written strategy. So while we recognize that there are strategies in people's minds or strategies by default because certain curriculum or programs are in place. There isn't a comprehensive understanding of what the theology of children's ministry should be in a particular local church, what that means in terms of objectives, what it means in terms of facility use, what it means in terms of how we would measure whether we are or are not being effective in children's ministry, what it means in terms of short and long-term planning, what it means in terms of how we equip those who will be working with children, and so on. And so, so that was a great concern. And when we recognized that what we did do, which I think is, well, it was a natural response for us, we then spent time developing a framework for a strategy which is now freely available for churches to download from the Scripture Union site because that is a need that needs to take place to improve and strengthen children's ministry. 
Oh, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, that is that's really interesting. That definitely jumped out at me. That strategizing piece and paying as much attention to that as you would to, as you said, the mission and values and uh, so on. As we wind up, Lawson, I wanted to circle back uh, to this idea of children in the church service because another thing. I found really interesting, and I I don't know, it made me smile for some reason, was this idea that children, although they are in the service, uh, the thing they're doing the most of is singing. (laughs) And and I would add running amok uh, in in our church sometimes. (laughs) I mean, that's clearly an important piece here, uh, to have children more involved in the actual service. Are you making some recommendations to churches on that? Not at this point. Uh, You know, we're still digesting some of that. The only thing that's happened within this week, which on that, which I did find interesting, and I'll mention now, one of our staff in Scripture Union had been doing some coursework on children's ministry recently uh, down at Wycliffe College and Seminary. And the professor there had mentioned to our staff member in that course that she has in her local church, and I think it's an Anglican church, they have children on on the planning team for their main Sunday morning service. So when he picked up on that part of the survey, he sent that to her because it had also mentioned in that section of the survey that none of the churches in our survey have any children involved in the planning of the main service. So we are recognizing that that it's rare that children are even involved at that level, but that there are deficiencies in terms of involvement, which is problematic in as much as any healthy family needs to be involved in everything concerning the family. And so it was an identification that hopefully we will pick up on as the local church at large and we'll creatively start working in into that and inviting children to be a part of what we do at our main service. You mentioned uh, this framework that people can download and the report in general. Can you tell people where to find that material online? Uh, Scripture Union has a link on the Scripture Union website, simply scriptureunion.ca and people could access the link directly there and download the whole report. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Lawson, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Karen. It's a joy to work together for this generation of children and youth in Canada and to see how together we can better share the love of Christ with them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.